0: world it's your fast first point guard and trailblazers reporter mike richmond you're listening to another episode of lockdown blazers part of the On podcast network available wherever you get podcasts and also on youtube thanks for making the show your first listen coming at you monday through friday each and every weekday so start your days with it tell your friends to do the same make it your first listen as lockdown blazers your team every day in today's show, Blazers played twice over the weekend, lost to the Mavs and gave up a lot of points, then hung tough with the Warriors, losing in the final seconds to Golden State on Sunday evening. We'll recap both of those games. We'll talk about the losing streak and kind of uh, what has gone into it recently. And then what I want to do to close the show is just talk about the rotation. They're they're healthy. They're probably as healthy as they're going to be all season long. Um, you know, Robert Williams is not going to play again this year, so this is as healthy as they're going to be. And and it feels crowded, and the redundancies are showing up, and um, the Blazers' priorities seem to have been a little, seem to be harder to. Prioritize, quite frankly. Uh, so what? let's talk about sort of the rotation and the crowdedness and have, oops, one too many guards uh, to close the show. But first, let's do what we do fastest recap in the West. Blazers play Saturday night against the Mavs and lose 131 uh, 120. They gave up 39 points in the first quarter, but they hung with them. They're down 36 39 after one, 63 74 t- at, at halftime. The problem was not the offense, it wasn't an issue. Uh, Anthony Simons had 18, or 16, Jeremy Grant had 18, Blazers scored 63 freaking points. It's the other side. They couldn't stop the Mavericks, so help them. Luka Doncic had 30 at the break. It was 74 points for the Mavs. And basically, the Mavs never truly pulled away, but they just kept scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring at will until the the game was over. And that was that. Blazers down 99-110 after... After three, but 18 seconds into the second quarter, Chauncey Billups takes a timeout to yell at DeAndre Ayton. They had talked in the locker room about how they wanted to blitz pick and rolls. They've been playing uh, Luca straight up in the first half, kind of knowing that he was going to pick them apart, and saying, "Hey, um, we're going to we're going to guard him straight up. We're going to play our little drop coverage, and we're going to we're going to make Luca's going to be the guy. We're not we're going to bet that he won't go for 60. Well, then he had 30 in the first half. Looks like he's going to go for 60. So then you got to send two to the ball. So they're going to double-team, come out of halftime like they want a double-team. DeAndre Ayton is below the three-point line on the screen. He's got to be all the way up at the level, blitzing, getting the ball out of Luca's hands. He's not. 18 seconds into the half um, after Lucas scores on a little jump shot over uh, Anthony Simons. Johnson Poubles to take a dick of timeout to yell at a starting center and yell at his players. And you can tell from the from the re- from the the replay on the broadcast, particularly if you have are lucky enough to have league pass, uh, like it was an animated huddle for sure so the blazers come out and they probably played their best stretch of the game following that timeout um they hadn't really been particularly competitive on defense in the first half um they the lead swelled a little bit from that from that exact moment uh, you know that 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 bucket put them uh put them down 13 and the lead climbed to 18 but they 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 clawed back in it they 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 really I thought they played their most competitive and their most physical defensive quarter of the game in the third led by Anthony Simons who was really really physical and and, and got the, kind of set set the tone for someone who's not much of a, a defensive player himself he set the tone by be, by being competitive and the Blazers hung in there 99-110 after um after three they they opened the fourth quarter with Couple buckets, and they have the ball under nine or right above nine minutes, about the nine minutes, 15 second mark, have the ball down seven. Shaden Sharp misses a jump shot. The Mavs hit back to back threes from seven. It's 13 with seven minutes left, and the Mavs just kind of stiff armed them down the stretch. And that was that. Blazers lose 131 120. Uh, A quick box score from that one Anthony Simons had 33. three uh, jeremy grant returns to action and had 27 on 12 of 20 shooting he was a really good scoot henderson 13 off the bench to op had 11 malcolm brogdon nine off the bench a very quiet and notably quiet night from Shaden and sharp seven points on two of seven shooting i think the seven field goal attempts are more telling than anything else uh, deandre eight seven points 10 boards he he was um didn't didn't do much Tumani kamara finished with Eight uh, and Matisse Thibel had five. On the other side, Luka Doncic only ten after halftime. He he finished with 40-12 and ten assists, a 40-point triple-double. Tim Hardaway Jr., 25 off the bench. Markeef Morris was really good down the stretch for the Mavericks. He only played uh, just shy of 20 minutes and finished with ten points, five boards, and four assists, most of that coming in the second half as they were c- kind of um, going small. Derek Lively went out early in the first half, only played the first six minutes of the game, went out early. The Mavs had no rim protection, and the Blazers scored 72 points in the paint. Uh, 18 for Derek Jones, 18 for Dante Exum. That's that's Saturday's game. Sunday night, the Blazers come back. 24 hours later, they play. That's your fastest recap in the West. Let's do it one more time. Blazers come back. Sunday night, they play the Warriors. Uh, The Warriors have lost seven straight road games. They're playing without Draymond Green, and they're, they've just been kind of bad. Um, they've played uh, double-digit, they've played, I believe, 13 consecutive games that have been within five points in the final five minutes. Like, they've lost a lot, but they've been in every game. They play close, play close games, and the Blazers... Well, as it turned out, it was a close game. Uh Blazers lose 118-114, but they had to claw back to do so. They were down 23-27 after one. Scoot had seven points off the bench in the first quarter. Uh, Blazers down 16 at halftime. Final two minutes of the of the first half, the Blazers just, just played flat. And they were just like, okay, we've played enough basketball for this half. We're ready to go. We're just going to play 22 minutes in the last you know two minutes and change. Uh, the Warriors just blew it open, just out outplayed the Blazers, just just. Energy-wise, uh, and made it a 16-point game, and then that lead swelled to 21 early in the early in the third quarter, and the Blazers went on a run. They were down 21 points early third quarter ended up tying it at 2 or sco- tying it at 82 rather with 2 minutes and 12 seconds left in the third uh and went into the fourth quarter down 84-89 Steph Curry just one of seven through the first three quarters but the Blazers are hanging tough. Uh, Anthony Simons had a scoreless first half. Steph Curry had a, had made weighed one field goal and it was the in the closing minutes of the first half like it was a bizarre game for two very good players and the Blazers you know in the game had to be clear, Steph Curry is a little better than Avery Simons, but this game gets decided in the final minute. Blazers are down five, have a transition opportunity with the clock ticking under forty seconds. Malcolm Brogdon misses a reverse layup, and Shaden Sharp comes on on the break or on the semi in the semi transition, dunks home the missed layup, and one hits the free throw. All of a sudden, it's a two point game with like uh, thirty five seconds left. But Chris Paul doing what he does. He was actually terrible in this game until he made this shot, but at least shooting the ball, he's terrible. Um, Gets himself to the right baseline. Dribble, 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 dribble. Gets himself to the right baseline. Hits a fadeaway. You've seen Chris Paul do that a lot of times over the years, and the Warriors take a four-point lead with 20 seconds left. Blazers get a timeout. They go to Anthony Simons. He... They, It was a really nice uh, design on the ATO. It was basically just like a full clear out on the right side, let Amphrey Simons go to work. Um, I didn't love that he was taking a two with four seconds down Um. I didn't love that he was taking a two down four with 20 seconds left, but um, it worked out for him because he made the lip and got fouled, cut it to one with 14.7, went to work right away and Kuminga gets to his right hand. The play is designed to get him a full clear out and a little handoff. Um, creative stuff from, from Billups and, 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 and Amphrey Simons uh, made a, made a bad two point decision work out. But um then Blaise got a foul. Right, fifteen seconds left. It's you're at a, you're in a one point game. You got a foul. They don't. They try not to foul right away because they don't want to foul Steph Curry, um, which is a pretty good decision. He's, a, he's an all time great free throw shooter, and they get him down in the corner. And they play good defense, and they send the double team. and And Jeremy Grant has a late double team, and it seems pretty clear that the ball went out off Steph Curry's foot. But the Blazers—that's not a—that—that that is not a reviewable call. The way the NBA rules work, it would have to be challenged. The Blazers have already used their challenges; can't do anything about it. Warriors get the ball back in. Steph Curry gets fouled. Well, hey, you're—you know—you're—he's—he's gonna—he's gonna make the free throw. Um, he's gonna make the free throws. You're gonna be down three. Take a timeout because the Blazers have one left. But instead, he misses the second free throw, and the Blazers decide to push. And Shane Sharp runs over Brandon Podzinski and charge goes the other way warriors hang on and win 118-114 that's your fastest recap in the west um more on this game in the, in the in the in the second segment let's let's go to the box score first though uh, Jeremy Grant finished with 30 points he's been he's been really f- efficient on offense he um, he's not it's not a passer not a playmaker but he scores and he has, sc- has scored efficiently uh, he finished with 30 points six boards uh, or excuse me seven boards and six assists um, again not a passer but he did have 37 and six pretty good game uh Anthony Simons after a after a scoreless first half uh Came charging back 24 after halftime. Finished with 24 and 7 dimes. Uh, Off the bench, Scoot Henderson had 14. 10 of those came in the first half. He only played 22 minutes. I don't get it. We'll talk about it later in the show. I mean, I get it, but I don't like it. Uh, 11 for Tumani Kamara. 12 for Shaden Sharp on uh, 4 of 10 shooting. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 8. Off the bench, Jabari Walker 4, Matisse Thibel 3, and DeAndre Ayton. A very quiet 8-8 eight and eight in his 33 minutes. Um, the challenge stuff was weird, and the rotation stuff is getting a little bit murky. Uh, let's talk about what goes into all of this in the second segment. Talk a little bit more about uh, what happened at the end of this Warriors game, as well as the crowded the crowded and tough decisions the Blazers are going to have to make because the roster is healthy and there is just a lot of overlap right now. We'll talk about... We'll talk about all of that to close the show. Join me in the second segment, won't you? But first, let's talk about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play prize picks on the, on my, on the app, super easy to use, but you can also go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA if you want to get involved. Uh, here's how it works pick an entry between two and six players, whatever sport you want to play, and it's just you versus the stat projection set by prize picks. So I play basketball, but you can play the NFL during NFL season. You can play the NHL during NHL season. You can even get and combo, uh, combo leagues where you can say things. I want to pick, you know, LeBron James three pointers and Travis Kelsey's uh, receptions, and you can and you can pick more or less than those stat projections set by prize. Hicks. Uh, for me, it's things like points, rebounds, assists, because I'm playing on the NBA. But whatever you're into, you're going to find it. you got to go to prizepicks.com slash locked to do so. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You've got a first deposit match up to $100. prizepicks.com slash locked Use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. They'll match you dollar for dollar up to 100 bucks on your first deposit. It's Prizepicks. Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right. So, I think the Mavs game was a classic Blazers game of late. Not out of it, but never in it. They've had a lot of these this year where they're just like not getting blown out, but they're down between 8 and 13 points for like the whole second half. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> if, if they if they get there and the Blazers, you know, were down 7 with 9 minutes left and had the ball, but then, you know, they you don't score, you give go threes and, and that's, that's like, you're just, they don't have, they don't have the firepower. And also like, it's just like hard to come back from double digits in the final six minutes of NBA games. Uh, maybe not as hard as it once was to be sure, but, um, certainly, um, certainly not easy. So I think, um, I think the Mavs game was just like a classic, classic, how they've been recently, how the Blazers have been not in it, not out of it, but, you know, overwhelmed by a team that can score better than them. Those are just, they didn't play defense in that game. They played defense for like one 10 minute stretch. Um, You have to be, they have to be more competitive. Some of the defense stuff is because everybody's back. um, And if everybody's back, it means you have four guards who need to play in the like 25 minute Plus range, which means that you're going to have to play three guard lineups. You're going to have to play Shaden Sharp. And, you know, Shaden Sharp's like a wing. He's like a two, but he's a wingy two. Like, he's going to have to play small forward next to two other guards. You're just going to play small lineups. And in the NBA, like, it's trending towards bigger and more skilled. If you play small, you're going to be worse on defense. And the Blazers, with everybody healthy, have to play small by virtue of how the roster works. Um, but also, like, they just didn't compete particularly hard on defense in the first half. They were scoring. And I think Chauncey Billups even mentioned this after the, the Mavs game. Some Sometimes when you're scoring easily, you forget that you need to scrap, and then he had to yell at them, and they scrapped for eight minutes, and they just came up short and lost. But the Warriors game, I thought, particularly after a flurry early in the third quarter, they kind of found themselves and then played a really solid second half, a really solid second half, and... Um, I don't actually think I gave you the Warriors box score. Let me give it to you. I, I realize that I did not now. Uh, Trey Thompson, 28. Andrew Wiggins came off the bench and had 25. Steph Curry had seven points on two of 12 shooting. He was 0 of 8 from 3. Steph Curry missed 10 shots and scored missed 10 shots and scored seven points, and the Blazers lost. Tough because Klay Thompson was really good 28. He's been really good since Draymond got hurt. He's he's figuring it out. Or got hurt. <laughs> He got hurt. He got hurt with being a bad decision maker. He got hurt with violence. Um, Since Draymond was suspended, uh, Clay's been good. Uh, Andrew Wiggins came off the bench 25 on 9 of 12, shooting uh, 14 points and 8 boards for Trace Jackson Davis. He was the best center in this game. I thought his energy in the first half was excellent. Um, And then I thought he changed the game uh, for them down the stretch just because of his size and how hard he plays. Um, he, He was the best center on the court in the game by by a, a, a fairly wide margin, he was really good. Uh, four for Chris Paul, six for Ki- for uh, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga had twelve. Uh, your boy Brandon Przinsky had ten and f- five boards and five dimes. Um, s- s- just just a, a stinky Steph Curry game, and they find a way to win on the road, snapping a seven game road losing skid for you. Um, I I don't think the Blazers like I don't think they played particularly well in the first half. Um, not awful. This was not awful and I don't think that they were like um dogging it necessarily. I think the last 2 minutes of the f- of the first half they just stopped playing. They were just ready to go to the locker room for whatever reason and they just they got um the the Warriors almost ran off on them because because of that. But I don't think they were playing terribly prior to that. They I thought they were um they were hanging in there despite some some missed shots. But you know, you when you get in these close games, small decisions matter, and I thought Chauncey Billups kind of screwed this one up a little bit. He, you know, he didn't miss miss shots, right? Like, like the, the um, he didn't he didn't come in there and go nine for twenty, for like for Ants who started, um, you know, oh for six, oh for four in the first half, over four from three. That is, it's like that wasn't Chauncey. <laughs> that wasn't Johnson he knew it. like so some of this is just like if Anthony Simon shoots a little bit better maybe that it's like they're more competitive in that first half and it feels a little bit different but he char- he he challenges a play in the first half where Scoot Henderson uh was called for a charge and they reviewed it and it was count it P- pods moved to tried to draw a charge and he moved and he um and one bucket you get points go back on the board plus you get a free throw that scoop makes you add three points on the board that's a good challenge it's a good challenge um uh- all challenges have to involve points, basically, unless you are making a challenge in the final five minutes of the game. But every other challenge you make, if you make any, if you if you decide to use your challenge at any point in the other forty-three minutes of the basketball game, they need to involve points. You need to be taking points off the board or adding points to the board. There is no reason to make any other challenges. Otherwise, this is very simple math. Um, the points are all the same. All the points are the same. The points you score in the first quarter are the same value as the points you score in the fourth quarter. The possessions aren't. <laughs> Like, just getting the ball back is not enough value until the end of the game when it's like there aren't many possessions left. If there's three possessions left in the game, earning one of those possessions becomes more valuable. The points are all the same, so you could make the case that the scoot challenge is actually um, okay because it puts points on the board, and when you win it, you have a chance to hold on to it. But then... Uh, he challenged a what eventually was an offensive foul call on a drive. Jabari Walker was called for pushing Clay Thompson to the ground, and it was a weird call. Like tra- tra- Clay Thompson fell over because he got run over by Trace Jackson Davis, but prior to falling down, Jabari Walker did push him with two hands for sure. Um, that's they didn't call the foul there, like. They called the foul when he fell down, and his teammate ran into him, and he fell down. But like Jabari Walker, yeah, he shoved him with two hands. Um, it was just, even if you think the refs, the review was weird and it makes sense, the the challenge, the challenge makes no sense. It makes no sense. There's no it, it there. It's it's indefensible. It's bizarre. Um, Matisse Thibault missed the layup. You aren't getting points. You're getting the ball back. It just doesn't make any sense. It's there's no logic to it. And then you come down in the final, um, you know, 20 seconds of the game. What it was, 15 seconds of the game. The ball, the ball looked like it went off Steph Curry's foot. Maybe Jeremy Grant touched it while he was standing out of bounds, which is what the ref called. Who knows? I haven't looked at the replay other than when I was just in in the arena. I haven't. I have since I I just came back and fired up fired up the old podcast machine. But like, it doesn't matter. The process matters. You need the challenge so you can challenge it that's not good. It's not good. It's just a, it's a, that's a bad move. It's, it's a, I asked Chauncey Bills about his process about challenging. And he says, you know, they talk to, they talk on the bench all the time and they look at the um, The guys look in the video and they review it. And then they decide, you know, they, they decide in real time, which is like, uh, was maybe not the answer I was looking for, but like, okay, well, in real time, if the guys behind the bench are saying, yo, challenge that, that Jabari Walker, um, offensive foul you have to say no because it just doesn't it doesn't follow the logic of what of what charge of what challenges are valuable you don't you don't get to see if you get the ball back in the final seconds of a game when your team desperately needs to win you just you just it seems very very simple to me i'm not a big like expected value math guy right like that they um but i can do i i understand the simple logic No reason to challenge if you are not taking points off the board or putting points on the board until the closing seconds of the game because the closing seconds of the game, that possession matters. Blazers would have got the ball back in a one-point game with a timeout because it would have kept their timeout. So they would have advanced the ball down one. You got to take that. You have to give yourself an opportunity for it. Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Uh, But they didn't. And then they choose not to take a timeout when Steph Curry missed that free throw. Um, that would have that would have made it uh, uh, his if he makes it it's a three-point game you dial up a three. I understand and I have been I'm largely in favor of not taking a timeout there. I think if you're a long-time listener to the program you will know that um, I think late game situations when you need a bucket you just send the balls like and you're pushing you're pushing the ball up court and you're in transition you're probably not going to get a better look than like trusting your playmakers to make plays um but that play as soon as Shaden sharp got his shoulders square coming around half court and looked doomed he was just driving into a crowd um and he's a he's you know he's he's not a great finisher but he's a really good athlete so i can understand not not blowing it dead then if you're Chauncey just saying okay let's see what he let's you know like this is the I think the the process there I I don't have as much beef with I I share a similar philosophy but I think you could see in real time like this doesn't look good and Sharp ran over pods like it just it happened Uh, Podzinski took a charge and he ran him over and um yeah that, that was your ball game um more important than the than than the challenges, because like in the, in the grand scheme of things, the Blazers falling to six and nineteen isn't that big of a deal. Um, but like b- the 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 more important things here are two other numbers in the box score. The big one I'm looking at here is 21:46. That's how many minutes Scoot Henderson played? 21 minutes and 46 seconds. That's no good. Let's talk about what it looks like now that everybody's back and Scoot Henderson's only playing 22 minutes. The Blazers have a roster problem that they're going to have to solve, and it's abundantly clear now that everybody's healthy. Let's talk about the abundantly clear problem. First, FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, FanDuel wants to give you some money. They want to give you $150 $150 in bonus bets but you got you got to win a $5 money line bet. Well, uh FanDuel is the official sponsor of the NFL and right now heading into Monday Night Football, you're listening to Monday December 18th show. Thanks for listening. We've got a home dogs primetime situation. The Seattle Seahawks at home against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are home dogs in prime time that might might not mean anything to you but it means something to me so i might go to price i might go to fanduel.com slash locked on and try to get my five dollar money line bet and so then once i get it right home dogs prime time 150 bucks bonus best to bet on things like spreads spreads player props over unders Live bet all the games, futures bets, whatever you want. You're going to find it there. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. The Blazers have a redundancy issue. They got too many guards. One too many. One too many. Uh, It is, it's, Showing up in a couple different places. One, their defense has been bad over the last five games since Amphrey Simons has been back because when Amphrey Simons is back and Scoot has to play and, Am- and Shaden Sharp's got to play and Malcolm Brogdon has been back, came back shortly thereafter that Amphrey Simons returned. Um, and in particularly, Brogdon, I think has, has has exacerbated the the problem. Is like you just have too many guards who need to play minutes. And when you have four guards who are all you know six four and under and none of them are like this crazy defensive players like probably the best defender is is brogdon followed by um followed by scoot scoot six two and he's 19 like he's not locking anybody up shaden sharp hopefully will turn into a pretty darn good defender he's not that right now um when you have all these Guards that need to play, you have to play smaller lineups and the defense is going to get torched. And then you get into these situations where you just have to make tough decisions and the tough decisions are going to burn the worse and younger players. And I totally understand that from a coaching perspective, you are in a five point game heading into the fourth quarter you're going to close with Malcolm Brogdon over Scoot Henderson. You're going to close with Anfrey Simons over Scoot Henderson. You're going to close with Shaden Sharp because he's, you know, you can't play three tiny little guards out there. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's not tiny, but he's point guard size. Like, you Scoot has to be the odd man out there. And I think that's the problem, is that Scoot Henderson had 10 in the first half. He had... Uh, a, a, You know, he, I think against the Mavs in that first half on Saturday night, he just was playing out of control. And then he found himself and played a really nice second half against the Mavericks. Like, I thought, I thought Scoot Henderson was like legitimately solid after halftime. Um, you know, he was, he was a a steadying presence in the second half, which I don't think you could say much about him very often this year where it's like, Oh yeah. Scoot got in there and the offense got rolling. Like they started to play a little bit smarter and a little bit better. And he started to score and all these things. And like, um, I thought he had some out of control plays against the warriors. Like he's, he plays really fast and he's a teenager and he's still kind of adjusting to, to, to all of the sort of patterns and speed of the NBA. I think patterns more than speed and like the, the other athletes out there with him and but I thought he played pretty well for the most part. I think this. Was, I think this is like. I think the Warriors was unequivocally a good Scoot game. Um, I like, should I go through and rate all of the Scoot games? I don't think that's necessary. But this was one of his better ones. This is a good. This was a good Scoot game. And then he only plays twenty one minutes and forty six seconds. Twenty two minutes is not enough for Scoot Anderson. Um, my theory on rookies is that they're going to be bad. And on teams that are trying to be competitive, it makes total sense to say, hey, cool, 22 minutes. That's like how much we can afford to play you because we want to give you some developmental time, but we really need to win at crunch time. The Blazers are a bad basketball team. They're 6-19. and 19. They've lost seven straight games. They have two uh, losing streaks of at least six in a row this season. Um, what are we doing? What are we doing? What, what... On a team that isn't good and is prioritizing the long-term development of its young players, go ahead and prioritize that. And and Chauncey Phillips really can't. There's like, he he. It's it's a roster problem more than a coaching problem. What's he gonna do if he benches Malcolm Brogdon late in these games? Malcolm Brogdon is not going to be happy. You're gonna have a miserable, want-to-be-traded vet on the team. Like he's he's kind of just he's just playing the hand he's dealt. The roster needs to be like it just. It, it's obvious. They have to trade Malcolm Brogdon for someone who is taller than a point guard size player. The end. Like it's, The solution is very simple. It's right out in front of you. Um, that's what it's got to be. The other issue with everybody being back, and particularly just like how much offense Jeremy Grant soaks up, is that Shane Sharp has no idea where he's going to score. Uh, I think against the Mavericks, he truly just couldn't figure out where he was going to fit in and stopped being aggressive. Uh, and then against the Warriors, I saw a moment, there was a moment uh, early in the uh, coming out of halftime, that Malcolm Brogdon was kind of talking up Scoot and the, or talking up Shea. And then there was a, a three that uh, Shane Sharp passed up and Malcolm yelled at him to shoot it. And Shaden said, Hey, I like my, it slipped out of my hands and they actually scored on that play. Shaden drove and, and swung it to Jeremy Grant. But Malcolm Brogdon yelled at him to shoot it, caught the ball in the corner, shoot the ball. And I like that from Malcolm. I love that. Like, it's just like, everyone knows Shaden needs to be aggressive. Um, some of it is I think Shaden doesn't always turn up to the point where he's selfish. And I've talked about this on the show before. He needs to play more selfish. And Chauncey talks about not only running more plays to get Shaden involved, but running more plays and telling him coming out of timeouts or telling him coming up the court, this play is for you, shoot the ball. Because he needs that right now in terms of like where he's at in his development. He is not... Um, you know, some guys are selfish and will go get it. Some guys kind of need to be helped out when to be when to like call their own number. Sharp still doesn't have that balance yet, and he needs he needs a little assistance from his teammates and from the coaching staff to like, hey, we need you to sh- to be aggressive and be an offensive player because with Jeremy Grant back soaking up a bunch of offense, and by that I mean shooting a lot. Um, Malcolm Brogdon calls his own number. Amphrey Simons calls his own number. Scoot has been aggressive and they've got Scoot being aggressive and you absolutely want to keep that. It's just like, okay, where, what, 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 where does Shaden fit in? He doesn't know. So he has to fit in by like, by, as I've said, hijacking some possessions. He has to make himself fit in, right? Like he has to, he has to, coaching staff might need to call more specific plays for him because in the flow of the offense, he does not seem to be, taking his um or much, certainly not getting his but not taking his um you know I, I, against the Mavs I think the really troubling number for sharp is two of seven seven shots in 32 minutes um you got to get him up there dog you got to shoot it you got to be aggressive and Look for yours. Uh, four of ten in in this game. I thought um, he had another quiet one early, and then he kind of they they kind of got to him, and maybe that was Brogden helping him along the way. Like someone who, Malcolm like, I shoot all the time, dog. You should do it too. Um, so, I. I the, here's the issue. It's going to be the same thing on Tuesday, and it's going to be the same thing on Thursday. The The problem isn't that, like, like there isn't a good solution for Billups, right? Um, he's already playing small-ish lineups, and, and their defense looks way worse because of it. Um, you you know coaches are naturally going to want to win and also i think there is just like a a true sort of political part where it's like i don't think you can give malcolm brogdon 20 minutes and be like you got to sit and watch obviously you're way better than the scoop but you got to sit and watch if malcolm brogdon had been here a long time or he had a rapport or all of these things but like malcolm is a really good dude and he's going to say the right thing, and he's going to, he's like, he's... hes But but there's a behind-the-scenes factor with, like, having him getting his minutes pinched that it's easy for me to sit up here and say, play Malcolm those dang minutes. Like, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, but there is a sort of a political element of it that I think has to be recognized. But this, like, not enough minutes available for Scoot and not enough touches and shots available for Sh- Shaden Sharp, like, there's just a bunch of dudes kind of you know it's not heliocentric it's kind of like mostly Jeremy and Amphrey Simon centric and there's just not shots and we're not even talking about DeAndre Ayton because since DeAndre Ayton has returned from injury I I would say the graph is headed the wrong way he does not look good um, I, I, we'll wait for that for another day but like we're not even talking about the sh- like shots that at the beginning of the year we're like DeAndre Ayton needs to shoot more I'm like I've, I've moved beyond that I, I, for a variety of reasons but it's like um there are just a lot of kind of role playery type guys who need some possessions and the Blazers don't have sort of because of the redundancy of what Malcolm Brogdon does and what Scoot does when he's on the court and what Amphrey Simons does and, and all of the isolation minutes or all the isolation touches you're going to get for Jeremy Grant, who's very clearly their, their best ISO scorer and maybe their best scorer period. Um, it's like, There's just not enough shots to go around the way the skill sets overlap on this team. And that's going to continue to be a problem until they trade Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon's good. Hopefully you trade him for a good player that helps you be good into the future. And maybe a draft pick that you can select a good player with and be good into the future. But right now on this current team, it's just too much overlap and it's glaringly obvious the last two games. No fault of really anyone other than the guy who built the roster. Um, and I think the guy who built the roster, Joe Cronin, knew that there was going to be some overlap and he was going to have to make a trade. So I don't think it's going to happen until January or February, but um, we've got a few more weeks of just roster crunch. And uh, they're gonna. it's going to be frustrating, I think, as a fan to be like, Scoot should play more and Shaden Sharp should shoot more because that's what this team is about, and then the reality of it is that there's just not opportunities for them because the roster doesn't make sense. Got to straighten out the roster, then they can get the youngsters going. Alright, how about this? Tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit of trade stuff. I'm going to steal something from Bill Simmons, the trade value column he used to write way back in the day I'm going to write a trade value episode we rank every player on the Blazers roster and and talk about their relative trade value that's what we'll do in tomorrow's show then Tuesday Blazers play the Suns so Wednesday show we'll recap that one how about this five days a week wherever you get podcasts also on YouTube come back for those shows come back for the rest of the week tell your friends to do the same I appreciate you listening I'll talk to you soon